Please join me in welcoming Sir David Attenborough. Thank you, Lisa. Your Royal Highnesses, ladies and gentlemen, there can surely be no more fitting location than this for the premiere of our planet. Directly behind me, behind this enormous screen, is a statue of Charles Darwin, whose astonishing understanding of the natural world led to what has been called the greatest idea in human history, the theory of evolution by natural selection. Darwin revealed that all species have evolved over time to best exploit the conditions in which they live. He further realized that these conditions are not simply those of geography and climate, but also their relationship to other lives that live alongside. From the delicate codependencies of bees and orchids to the dramatic connection between cheetah and gazelle, all life on Earth is both product and contributor to its place in space and time. This complex web of life, of which we are a part, has been millennia in the making. Whilst Darwin's insights explain how this web came about over 200 years later, we are still only beginning to understand its interconnections and which of these connections are the most vital. Yet we do know for certain is that these connections can break. From the dinosaurs to my right to other spectacular fossils, on my left, we have all tonight been within touching distance of astonishing fragments of ecosystems long gone. As far as we know, there have been five major extinction events on our planet. Events caused by changes so severe that many species simply can't adapt and, as such, die out. Right now, we are in the midst of the Earth's sixth mass extinction, one every bit as profound and far-reaching as that which wiped out the dinosaurs. It's almost impossible to grasp as we go about our lives that the rest of life on Earth is experiencing destruction on the scale of that wrought by a colossal asteroid collision. But Consider these facts. 96% of the mass of mammals on our planet today are us and the livestock that we've domesticated. Only 4% is everything else, from elephants to badgers, tigers to bats. 70% of all birds are now domestic domesticated poultry, mostly chickens. 
Nature once determined how we survive. Now we determine how nature survives. One of the things Darwin's work has taught us is that we break nature's connections at our peril. Yet, break them, we do, at ever greater speed. The impacts of our growing population and our consumption now directly threaten our own future. That magnificent creature up there, whose skeletons hangs up there above us, the blue whale, can give us inspiration. Just 30 years ago, most whale species, including the blue whale, were heading towards extinction. A public outcry led to a global agreement to protect whales, and now most populations are recovering. We've subsequently learned how important whales are to the entire ocean system, including the fish that we eat. So saving these majestic creatures actually benefits us as well. What we did to save the whales, we must now do for all nature. And that is a communications challenge as much as it is a scientific one. Welcome to the Green Tech Podcast Series featuring Samantha Pfau. This series is an exploration in awareness and solutions using green technology to help heal our planet. Hello, everyone. Author and environmental advocate Samantha Jewel Fow coming to you with another episode of Be Decent, the Green Tech Podcast. Today, we are talking about extinction and biodiversity loss. And to introduce this topic, I really want to start with a question. That is, do you ever get lonely? I definitely do. 2020 has been a tough year for that. Looking forward to a brighter and more social 2021. Um, But in the meantime, I have really been enjoying uh, the company of my dog. I have a beloved German Shepherd. She means the world to me. And, um, you know, we're good friends. And that makes me think often of how you can expand that same analogy, just like how um, my houseplants and my pets in my little apartment ecosystem, uh, you know, help me feel more at ease uh, and generally less lonely, even in the absence of human company. And while, of course, plants and animals are not a substitute for friends and family, um, they do mean something to me. And I imagine, gosh, they mean something to a lot of us. And it makes me um, a bit sad to see that, uh, you know, we are really making a lonely planet for ourselves um, because we are pushing so many of uh, these plants and animals into extinction. Um, We are seeing biodiversity loss worldwide that is substantial. 
just in the last 35 years, there has been a 27% decline in the diversity of plant and animal species. This means that more than a quarter of the things that were alive when our parents were young uh, and our grandparents are no longer around. As this trend continues, we are growing closer and closer to the tipping point of extinction for more and more species. This is creating a stark reality, a future that is characterized by life on a very lonely planet. We know this because there's a lot of data on it. Um, Specifically, there is an organization called the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, and they create a massive biodiversity report every year. It's called the Red List. The Red List is the world's most expansive and up-to-date indication of biodiversity health, how are species doing uh, across, across the globe, across every ecosystem. As of the beginning of 2020, the scientists at uh, this union have reviewed the status of over 112,000 species to prepare the Red List. So it's really extensive and the data is very strong. From this massive analysis, the organization came to some pretty stark conclusions. Um, Specifically, more than 30,000 plant and animal species are currently, right now, threatened with extinction. This includes nearly one out of every four birds. Think about uh, how much birds make da- make the background of our daily life. Um, you know their noises and and you know their company and their flying through the trees in and out of the city streets. All of that. Also, this includes over one third of conifer trees. Which, by the way, if all of the conifers go extinct, not only will we see major devastation across not only forest ecosystems, but also timber markets, but we will also see the end of Christmas trees. Um, That will be tough to explain to the kids when that happens, and it's not too far off uh, if we continue uh, as we have. We are also threatening... More than 40% of all amphibians, frogs, newts, salamanders, things like that, uh, with extinction, as well as one third of all of the reef coral in the ocean. Um, Reef coral supports countless species. Uh, It's an entire ecosystem in and of itself. The loss of all of our our ocean reefs um, would be devastating. And uh, the same is happening with sharks and uh, rays. Around 30% of all sharks and rays right now are threatened with extinction. In addition to all of this being very sad, it's really, really bad, as in dangerous for us and for our survival. We are destroying the wildlife and ecosystems that make up the natural systems we rely on to survive. We are biting the hand that feeds us. Around the world, between 50,000 and 70,000 plant species are being used for commercial medicines, pharmaceuticals. 
uh, we have only explored around 1% of the plant species in the Amazon rainforest, any number of which could hold the cure to chronic diseases. We also rely on ecosystems to clean our water, provide our food, uh, and they also support countless commercial and scientific activities to the tune of $33 trillion per year in direct economic services. Uh, this is what we rely on nature to provide, and it is substantially more valuable than the entire United States economy. So biodiversity loss and extinction is a serious problem because not only does it threaten plant and animal life, uh, it threatens our survival. It threatens our social and economic systems. So what are we going to do about it? Well, of course, uh, because it's the theme of this podcast, we're going to be decent people and use decent tech to bring our ecosystems back from the tipping point of extinction. Specifically, um, we're going to use the green tech tools that are already available to us. One of the most common wilderness technologies, which is familiar to anyone who has sat down to watch a nature documentary or two, are GPS-based tracking devices. Uh, scientists attach uh, bio-logging devices to an animal in the wild, and in so doing, they can record and store data about its health and behavior. This helps us understand what might be threatening the species and what we can do specifically to help it. The problem here, however, is that retrieving this information from the field has really been tough. In the past, it often meant tracking down, capturing, and interacting with a rare wildlife species, um, you know, anytime you needed to download data from the device, which really not only was very difficult for conservation experts uh, to, to achieve, it was really not a very pleasant experience for the animal itself, usually. <laughs> um, fortunately for everyone involved, though, uh, the next generation of this technology has arrived. It's called biotelemetry. Biotelemetry is uh, really characterized by Internet of Things, IoT devices that are capable of internet connection, even in extremely remote locations. They uh, do this through all sorts of ways. Sometimes it's through decentralized internet and edge computing. Sometimes it's through, uh, you know, 3G or 4G cellular data connection. Um, but this really expands the range of data that can be collected from ecosystems directly in the field in real time. It makes it easier to access this data. Just, it also makes it easier to extract valuable insights about ecological health. Um, and also, in addition to, you know, the biotelemetry IoT devices, we're seeing these things that uh, the experts are calling animal animal-born video and environmental data collection systems, uh, known by the acronym AVEDs or by the popularly searched term live wildlife cams. Uh, these 
cool little pieces of technology are capable of collecting and transmitting large amounts of data from extremely remote locations in a manner that uh, does not require any disruption. Uh, and it creates a substantial amount of high quality environmental data. Also, AVEDs is uh, the reason why we can now all cyber stock baby ospreys and bear cubs and stuff, right? We can, millions of us can live stream baby giraffes being born uh, at any given time. Oh my gosh, if you haven't ever tried it, tried it, you have to. These wildlife cams are mesmerizing. <laughs> but anyway, other than that, um, Every day, decent developers are building new tech tools. They're helping our friends and companions out in the wild, and they're helping law enforcement and government do the important job of conservation. One of my personal favorites is called Audio Moth, as in, uh, you know, not a butterfly, but a moth. It's a machine learning powered smart audio monitoring platform. So what that means is that it's an artificial intelligence software that can be trained to listen for particular sounds like gunshots, chainsaws, and animal calls that are likely to signify a threat to protected wildlife. Audio Moth is already being used to track poaching and enforce wildlife laws by the government of Belize, and it could be used to support this same law enforcement and conservation uh, anywhere around the world. It's all very exciting. So even though extinction and biodiversity loss is a major threat uh, to our well-being, to our future, to our survival, it's not only sad, it is life-threatening. Uh, we do have the tools right now to pull species back from the tipping point. All we have to do is be decent. Thanks for joining me.